Fantasy football has become a major reality for millions of fans. Makes him off to the 30. He's gone. He's gone. What a move. It takes skill to win your fantasy championship, separating the zeros. He goes to the near side, and it's picked off. Intercepted. From the fantasy heroes. Down the middle, it's caught over the shoulder in the end zone. Buckle up your chin strap for the fantasy fix. Today we're joined by a great friend of the program, Michael Harmon, SwollenDome.com. Mike, as always, we appreciate the time. You're based in Southern California. You saw Brett Hundley play a lot at UCLA. What's his fantasy value taking over the starting job in Green Bay? Short term, it's just the wait and see. If you have a deeper bench, then perhaps you, you stash him and, and play the waiting game to see exactly how this develops. Certainly not encouraged by the results of the quick little display uh, coming in for Aaron Rodgers, but obviously you're not anticipating greatness. But you look at the skill position players still there, even though you don't have your offensive tackles, and that's one of the, the bigger fears and was if you were just an Aaron Rodgers holder is lo- over the long haul, how much of that was going to come back to bite you. Uh, so I think with Hundley, we're going to play the wait-and-see game with him. Again, stash if you've got a deep bench. Otherwise, we'll go off to the waiver wire. We'll find where Tyrod Taylor is still available in 60% of leagues. Andy Dalton, as much as you may wring your hands at times and playing Pittsburgh, no picnic, uh, but still available in 55% of leagues and go on down the line. We can find some values and some sneaky plays along the way, mix and match, uh, to try to get us to fantasy glory. Orleans Darkwa had a good game on Sunday night and with not much help in the receiving game, uh, is he a guy to target moving forward? Uh, well, if nothing else, we, we always love when we can add an all-name team kind of player who gets back to fantasy relevance, right? I mean, that's what Brian and I did for fantasy purposes. What are we doing that? Well, we're going to talk about a guy just because we like his name. And in this case, if you're going to get 21 touches... It's the old rule. If we can get a guy with a double-digit touch count, we at least have to give him a second glance. So someone had to emerge from the mess, and that might be a one-game outlier, but we're always chasing carries. So given the number of injuries that are starting to affect fantasy lineups as well as the bye weeks, Orleans Darkwa gets back into the mix. A very short-lived run for Wayne Gallman. So, Mike, obviously I have to just grab that low-hanging fruit. If sure, we're talking. New York names, you're riding with Orleans Darkwa, or my favorite, and I really have to say it closely to the microphone, Bilal Powell. I liked Bilal Powell when, you know, he was the new exciting shiny toy, uh, and then... Now it's all the Josh McCown aerial acrobatics and Austin Safarian Jenkins, the catch, not a catch. It's kind of like, is it the, which color is the dress is off of that would be catch the other day. Uh, but Orleans Darkwa sounds like something James Earl Jones would say to you. Mm. So why don't we go with him? In a deep voice, Luke, you are my son. All right, Cordell and I have had a difference of opinion when it comes to Adrian Peterson, and for one week, I might have been wrong. Peterson was very good against Tampa Bay. Is this sustainable in your view? Well, going up against the Rams, who've been uh, invisible against opposing running backs at this point. So uh, we'll ride the hot hand. Again, you know, looking at the touch count, when we talked about it a little bit after the release, is if he's going to get Chris Johnson's load, which was about 11 and a half carries a game, then that's at least something that makes him a flex-worthy player just based on opportunity. And then you have an opportunity to run wild, dare I say, like Hulkamania in the, in the mid-'80s, uh, that you, you can get Adrian Peterson, who's reinvented 
invigorated and excited where he is. Maybe maybe he just didn't like Sean Payton. Maybe going back to all those gifts and memes, uh, there was really something more to it uh, beyond just Alvin Kamara being the better back at the time. And Cordell, happy belated, my friend. Thank you, my friend. At least you thought about me, man. I like that. Appreciate it. I'm getting young. I'm getting young, by the way. Um, you and me both, exactly. <laughs> Appreciate that, bro. Yes, tell me about it. Um, let's, let's talk about a let's talk about a surprising story here in Atlanta. Uh, Julio Jones not having a single touchdown yet. Does it change uh, how you look at him and how you use him moving forward? Well, it's always been tough. Is that he's been a yardage guy. The the touchdowns haven't necessarily been there, you know, in his career. And you've just been banking on well, at least I'm going to get the 130, 140 yards. But playing with the hip injury slowed down at this point only 25 catches under 400 yards hasn't had that that big bust out game that you know folks getting a, a little bit of handring i mean we look at his touchdown totals to the year only one double digit going back to 2012 so that wasn't where you would have been investing it was the big reception and yardage total so certainly uh the other thing you stand stand to look at is the fact that the yards per catch is down over two per catch you know from last year so you know when we look at Matt Ryan the expectation that this thing would just be a well-oiled machine and a juggernaut running through remember they clo- they came close to losing to Mike Glennon and the Bears back in week one so things certainly uh, disadvantageous for him right now and, and they've got to figure out exactly how to get this offense rolling he's a good buy low candidate in the trade market and people could just keep holding up the goose egg uh, as they try to fleece their fellow owner. Fantasy Fix with our good friend Michael Harmon, SwollenDome.com. Mike is too modest to mention he's got an MBA degree. I think, Mike, you would have been an outstanding lawyer, but let's put the legal analysis of Ezekiel Elliott aside. At some point, it feels like he's going to have to serve the suspension. When he does, will it be Alfred Morris or Darren McFadden who picks up those fantasy points? Yeah, I think short-term... Darren McFadden would be the guy that I think they'd lean to. I think overall, based on his his roundness of his game, I think Alfred Morris is the guy that, if I'm looking at free agent acquisition budget allocation, I'm not going to have to bid as high. highly. I think McFadden's going to cost you more, but the, and that you'll have a workload split. And you look at what McFadden did the end of last year, you know, people get excited. Remember, this offensive line is not the same between retirement and free agency and some of the other moves that have gone on. This is not the same five, five players. I was banging that drum before the season, and you see it each and every week. And Ezekiel Elliott may have been carrying maybe 10 to 15 pounds. That's the rumor, conjecture, speculation out of Dallas that that's what's keeping him from being a beast again. So McFadden, not the same back, certainly in terms of his level of play. And then you add the offensive line. We're not expecting greatness. But I think McFadden would be the first chair with Morris eventually taking a, a bunch, including the receiving game away. Melvin Gordon's first 18 games, he had a very few touchdowns. But in the last 19 games, we've seen him catch 19. I'll say like Eminem says, will the real Melvin Gordon please stand up? Which one is he? Is he the one that had very few or the one that's gotten the last 19? I think we'll take the, the last 19. Uh, I always thought we had a, a talented player to watch just a a function of uh, maybe the red zone play calling I think played into the effect and the the greatness that was Antonio Gates 
and now starting to fade a little bit in terms of his usage. You look at Hunter Henry, who's been great between the 20s that they try to work into the red zone. I'll be interested to see the targets and the allocation to Mike Williams in future weeks after running a few plays out uh, in week one. But I think for Melvin Gordon, just based on the heavy workload, I think we'll see more of the same. And the offense, for all of the, the problems that the kicking game had earlier, and, you know, go up to your Charger-loving friends and say, oh, I really wish the old kicker was there. That would have made for an interesting finish there in Oakland. And they get mad at you and try to punch you. Hmm. Uh, and then you get a free shot back. So it's a beautiful thing. Mike, you need some hobbies. If that's what you're doing when you're not on the air talking young way coup, and, and believe me, I, I need a life, but I'm just trying to make sure. Well, I mean, it's around the radio the studio. I mean, you got to keep it in the in the business. Otherwise, it goes sideways, and people start telling you about their drunken escapades, and then you're feeling sorry for them. So why do that? No, I got you. Well, that's why I don't talk to anybody and just work a lot. One more thought on Monday Night Football, because that's going to be our topic to kick off the final hour of the program. Jacoby Brissett feels like he's learning the offense on the fly. We know he's got mobility. What kind of fantasy impact player could he be so long as he's hanging on to that job? I find him entertaining and interesting watching him as he's working working through. I mean, you've had a couple of big games with T.Y. Hilton. I know he was shut down. Uh, Tennessee did a good job on him uh, on the Monday Nighter. But when you look at overall Dante Moncrief, we actually called his name. We hadn't done that very much. Jack Doyle needs a can of stick or two from the old Oakland Raiders, and suddenly you've got some greatness. Marlon Mack, they'll eventually realize what a playmaker he is and keep giving him the ball. And, and Brissett is, is starting to make Make some strides now. This week's uh, a no-fly zone when we start looking at a matchup against Jacksonville, uh, even though it's at home. But in Jacksonville and that secondary, I want no part of uh, for this week. But I think we're going to have some weeks ahead where he becomes a play, giving you a little bit of work with his legs. Got to figure out where down and distance and where that you know first down marker is. I know he doesn't get the advantage of the yellow line like the rest of us at home, but uh, you got to have a little bit better feel if you're trying to extend a drive and cut up and you know make a play. Sacrifice, sacrifice the body interior instead of uh, to the sideline, uh, and maybe you get that first down and you keep things moving. But uh, I, I think overall he's a guy that's now a mid-number two quarterback for fantasy purposes, and we'll have a couple of spots where maybe he's a nice sneaky daily play going forward. Michael, great information as always. As we say goodbye, Cordell opened the door when he gave me, well, the real pause, please stand up. Cordell, before Slim Shady, Mike recalls, because he watched a lot of TV as a kid, that was the gimmick on a game show called To Tell the Truth. Will the real was? Michael Harmon please stand up? <laughs> That's a well-played, nice reference. Just say you're watching on a game show network because then you're timeless, Brian. Well, you, no, I'm just old. In the context of I was watching this live as a young child, now you're saying, hey, I'm old. In 1977. Well, Cordell, for some reason today, maybe because he's still reveling in the birthday excitement, has pointed out twice today that my dream of hosting a game show is never going to be realized. So I'm just today that's, feeling that's a little bit down. We can make that happen. <laughs> Who are we calling? Come on, <laughs> come on, Cordell. I've got a guy with a studio down here in, in El Segundo. He'll be happy There's to uh, open st- the doors and let us create. There's a lot of studios around the country. The question is, what's the network he's going to be on? Like He wants to be prime. He wants to be Michael Strahan type, you know, hosting a show, game show host, like, Let's just say the Price is Right kind of deal. Can he get on Price is Right? No, because Drew Carey's never given up that gig. How about this? We just shoot a pilot, and then I can say at least I hosted one game show. I'm a realist. I think we could do a sports trivia thing. Yeah, Dan Uh, Patrick's got that, though. Just crack it on him the whole time, Cordell. It'll be brilliant. 
You know what? He, he just said it. Dan Patrick, Patrick, there's no space for Brian. Dan Patrick has that show. Who's going to be in the audience anyway listening to this? I'll pay people. have to be a Jeopardy. You'll pay people? Show. I mean, we, we could be more creative than that. We don't have to play by their Jeopardy rules. Thank you. All right, Mike, you're part of my <laughs> dream. Punishment, all those kind of things start coming into play. I mean, there's a lot of gimmicks we can do. You're part of my yeah. dream, and Cordell, you missed the olive branch that Mike extended to you. He was also going to have you as my co-host up there. That's why I asked what network. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get that into negotiations. How about this, Cordell? Bravo. Year, right? Bravo. You know people at that network. I don't want that network. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> exactly. Goodbye, Mike. Bye, <laughs> guys. Peace and love. See you next week. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.